Old Petrovich sat down to table, clad in an elegant morning suit of English cot. He was flaunting on his head a diminutive vase which helped the carelessly folded tie to symbolize the freedom of a country life. At the same time, the stiff collar of the shirt, which was striped, not white, as best befitted a medicinal toilet, supported with its usual rigor an immaculately shaven chin. Well, Arkady, said he, where is your new friend? Out somewhere. He seldom misses going for an early morning walk. But the great thing is to take no notice of him, for he detests all ceremony. So I have perceived and with his usual deliberateness, Paul Petrovich began to butter a piece of bread. Will he be staying here very long? Well, as long as he may care to stay. As a matter of fact, he is going on to his father's place. And where does his father live? Some eighty versts from here, in the same province as our Sam's. I believe he has a small property and used to be an army doctor. Hmm. Ever since last night, I have been asking myself where I can have heard the name before. Nicola, do you remember whether there was a doctor of that name in our father's division? Yes, there used to be. Then that doctor will be this fellow's father. Hmm. And Paul Petrovich twitched his moustache. What exactly is your buzzer of? He inquired of Arkady. What is he? Arkady repeated, smiling. Do you really want me to tell you what he is, uncle? If you please, my nephew. He is a nihilist. A what? exclaimed Nikolai Petrovich, while even Paul Petrovich paused in the act of raising a knife to the edge of which there was a morsel of butter adhering. A nihilist, repeated Arkady. A nihilist, queried Nikolai Petrovich. I imagine that that must be a term derived from the Latin 
nihil or nihil or nothing, it denotes, I presume, a man who, a man who, well, a man who declines to accept anything. Or a man who declines to respect anything, hazarded Paul Petrovich as he reapplied himself to the butter. No, a man who treats things solely from the critical point of view, corrected Arkady. But the two things are one and the same, are they not? queried Paul Petrovich. Oh no, a nihilist is a man who declines to bow to authority or to accept any principle on trust, however sanctified it may be. And to what can that lead? asked Paul Petrovich. It depends upon the individual. In one man's case, it may lead to good, in that of another, to evil. I see, but we elders view things differently. We folk of the older generation believe that without principles, it is impossible to take a single step in life or to draw a single breath. God send you health and a general's rank, Messrs. Nihil. How do you pronounce it? Nihilists, said Arkady distinctly. Quite so. Formerly we had Hegelists, and now they have become Nihilists. God send you health and a general's rank, but also let us see how you will contrive to exist in an absolute void, an airless vacuum. Pray ring the bell, brother Nikolai for it is time for me to take my cocoa. Nikolai Petrovich did as requested and also shouted for Dunyasha, but instead of the latter, there issued onto the terrace Tenishka in person, a young woman of 23. She was pale and gentle-looking, with dark eyes and hair, a pair of childishly red, pouting lips, and delicate hands. Also, she was clad in a clean cotton gown. A new blue kerchief was thrown lightly over her rounded shoulders and she was carrying in front of her a large cup of cocoa. Shyly, she placed the letter before Paul Petrovich, while a warm, rosy current of blood 
suffused the exquisite skin of her comely face. And then she remained standing by the table with lowered eyes and the tips of her fingers touching its surface. Yet though, though, yet, though she looked as though she were regretting having come, she looked as though she felt that she had a right to be there. Paul Petrovich frowned, and Nikolai Petrovich looked confused. Good morning, Tanichika. Good morning, Tanichka, the letter muttered. Good morning, she replied in a low, clear voice. Then she glanced askance at Arkady, and he smiled at her in friendly fashion. Finally, she departed with a quiet step. Silence reigned on the terrace. For a while, Paul Petrovich drank his cocoa. Then he suddenly raised his head and muttered, Monsieur Nihilist is about to give us the pleasure of his company. True enough, Bazarov could be seen stepping across the flower beds. On his linen jacket and trousers was a thick coating of mud. To the crown of his ancient circular hat from a piece of sticky marsh weed and in his hand he was holding a small bag. Also, something in the bag kept staring as though it were alive. Approaching the terrace with rapid strides, he nodded to the company and said, Good morning, gentlemen. Pardon me for being so late. I should be back presently, but first my captures must be stowed away. What are those captures? Paul Petrovich inquired. Leeches? No, frogs. Do you eat them or do you breed them? I catch them for purposes of experiment, was Bazarov's only reply as carelessly he entered the house. In other words, he vivisects them, was Paul Petrovich's comment. In other words, he believes in frogs more than in principles. Arkady, through his uncle, a reproachful look, and even Nikolai Petrovich shrugged his shoulders, so that Paul Petrovich himself felt his one more to have been out of place, and hastened to divert the subject 
to be a state and the news to 